I'm Larry Gassman, and today we're with Brian Finney, founder and CEO of Democracy Live. Brian, thanks so much for being with us, and, and tell us a little bit about the company. Well, thank you, Larry, and uh, thank you for the opportunity to appear on a- ACB Radio. It's an honor to speak with you here today. Democracy Live was founded back in 2008 to bring more accessible uh, voting technologies and tools to the over 40 million voters with disabilities across this country. Uh, it's, a, it's a technology that's now been deployed in over 4,000 elections uh, across more than half uh, the states uh, here in the United States, and voters in over um, over 90 countries now have actually used the Democracy Live technology. What is the mission statement of Democracy Live? So it's to increase uh, voting in America by providing accessible uh, technologies to allow all voters, regardless of disabilities or geography, to be able to be fully enfranchised by uh, voting in the democratic process. And so we do that by providing uh, an online electronic balloting portal. We work very closely with Amazon AWS to provide this balloting portal. So voters um, who are not able to make it to a polling place to vote on a, on a paper ballot there or be able to vote on a postal uh, paper ballot uh, due to either uh, disabilities or d- due to geography, are able to be fully enfranchised and being able to vote. And so we've done that now. And, and as I mentioned, um, across this country for the last decade um, to make sure that all voters, regardless of geography or dis- disabilities, have access to the ballot. So you're dealing from state to state and every state's a little bit different. So how does that change what you do and how you do it? Oh, it's a great question, Larry. Uh, you're right. There's 50 states, 50 laws. But there's also 8,000 elections jurisdictions with their own, their own uh, you know, requirements and, and, and nuances. And, and so it's, it's quite the interesting challenge. Uh, we happen to support uh, close to 2,500 jurisdictions around the country in, in about 27 states. And, uh, and you know, the most important thing is that, that we listen to the voters and the elections administrators uh, to make sure that we are fully compliant with their specific laws. Um, some uh, uh, states, as an example, uh, they allow our technology um, only for those voters that are in the military or, or uh, traveling abroad. And, uh, but other states allow it for uh, voters who are happy to be blind or have other disabilities. Um, and, and so each state's a little bit different. And what we try to do is embrace the real positive um, um, uh, uh, technologies that are allowed in, in, in some states and bring those into those states that perhaps are, are, are offering it in a more limited way. And so what's really exciting about that is that we can say to you know one state, well, your next door neighbor allows this type of technology for voters with disabilities or voters who are blind. And you can expand it beyond uh, how you're providing this type of online ballot today, uh, beyond just the military, beyond just those that are uh, living abroad, but now to be fully inclusive and to allow um, your disability population, of which, as we all know, you know that's close to 20% of voters, um, can now use this technology as well. So there's a real benefit, I, I think, to having you know the diversity uh, across this country in, in the ways in the ways that they allow it to be deployed. You began in 2008. It's currently 2022. What changes have you seen? Oh, absolutely. You know, back in 2008, a big catalyst for why we started the company um, and with the mission that we had was um, you know, back then, and I'm out here in, in the wacky wild west of, of Washington state. And uh, you know, back then we went to 100% vote by mail. 
And, uh, you know, that, that was terrific for voters like me because um, I can get my postal paper ballot in the mail. And, and uh, most of my neighbors and I are able to, uh, you know, grab our paper ballot and, and mark it on the, on the kitchen table. But what they did by going to 100% vote by mail, they eliminated the polling places, right, where those accessible uh, uh, voting machines were located. And, and so at that point, you know, there was a, a great need to uh, make sure that all voters uh, who wanted to vote an absentee or vote by mail ballot had equal access to the ballot. And that was really the catalyst again for uh, our technology and for the company. Well, it was to kind of fill that gap, um, knowing that, and here we are 22 years later or, or, or near that, um, we, uh, we now understand that uh, vote by mail or absentee voting is the fastest growing method of voting in the country, which again is very convenient for the, for, you know, many of us who can hold or see or mark a paper ballot, right? Um, but for those that can't, they are in, in too many times um, forced to go down to a, a, a polling place, which is great. You have to have those, those, those voting machines that are accessible. But for those voters who want to have the same access to be able to vote at home, um, that's in, in part why, you know, we developed the technology to begin with. And so over the years, we've seen with the expansion of vote by mail or the expansion of absentee voting, we've also seen this emerging need to, in parallel, have equivalent um, accessible balloting technologies that were not focused just on the paper ballot. Did the pandemic help you or hurt you? Well, you know, I hate to say that it helped because it was it was so hurtful for so many people, right? Um, but I think it did it, it did illustrate that uh, not everybody can make it to a polling place. And for, you know, voters with disabilities, uh, voters have known that for, for decades, right? That it may not be um, realistic to get to a polling place. And what the pandemic showed was uh, that, that uh, all voters may have a challenge or may be concerned or ha have fear of going to a polling place, right? And so really um, for the first time, all voters could experience what voters with disabilities have experienced over the number of decades. And so I think it brought home this realization that, wait a minute, you know, this issue of, of going to a polling place and voting on a paper ballot may not be for everybody. And so I think it helped illustrate and educate the broader electorate um, of, this, of, of, of the challenges that, again, voters with disabilities have been dealing with for, for many, many years. Any business worth its salt has a game plan, you know, in terms of things that they need to achieve over the years. What kinds of things have you not yet achieved that you're still working towards? Oh, I think it's a broader awareness that that uh, with accessibility comes security. And, and in my uh, experience, for too many years and, and too often is there tension or debate over shall we have accessibility? or do we have security? And in my uh, opinion, I've been, I've been doing uh, elections voting technology now for over 20 years. Um, I don't believe that there should be that, that tension. I don't believe there should be a choice between either uh, uh, accessibility or security. And in fact, I think that accessibility drives security. I, I think that the catalyst um, for broader security in elections is driven in large part due to the needs of the disability community and the requirements for accessibility, no longer should there be, be the debate. I, I think based on 
uh, emerging technologies that are out there, um, you can have both. And in fact, uh, you can have heightened uh, uh, security because of the needs for accessibility. That's the one uh, you know, debate that we're going to continue having because I, you know, just from this morning, I was in a discussion today about, you know, uh, if you extend access to the ballot through a cloud portal, does that decrease, you know, security? And in fact, in my opinion, it actually enhances and, and uh, makes it more of a secure system. Um, in a cloud environment, in a, in a portal environment, every bit of every, in every bite of every ballot can be audited and, and, and um, you can see exactly where that ballot process is going. And that can be an, uh, um, an enhancement of security uh, through just putting your paper you know, ballot in a mailbox and you know, hoping for the best. So um, I, I think, again, if there's been one kind of misnomer in this discussion, this debate over the years, it's that you have to sacrifice security if you want to extend accessibility. And that's just not true. What excites you most about things you're seeing in our country today? Oh, I'll just highlight that, uh, you know, the, the growth that we've seen around the country um, has been driven uh, mostly in, in part to uh, actual voters, voters with disabilities who are rising up and demanding access to the ballot. And that if, if you want to have the, the same right to voting at home, the same right um, of access to the ballot, wherever you are on your terms, just like your neighbors, then it's something that you have to ask for. You have to ask your legislature for it. You have to ask your local elections administrator for it. Um, your voices will be heard. And if, if uh, you know, it's, it, the voters with disabilities, uh, they're the largest uh, minority voting population in, in the country. And that when you, when you rise up and, and ask for something, more times than not, you will get it. And, and so if for some reason you don't have uh, an accessible um, access to a vote by mail or absentee ballot, uh, make sure that your legislature, that your le local elections official, your secretary of state is fully aware that this is something that you are um, you are now demanding. One final thing is that what we've seen around the country is that uh, this type of technology starts off in baby steps where you have kind of what we call the access to the ballot, but you still have to print it off. The next generation and the next movement in this, um, in this technology is to um, allow for electronic return of the ballot. So you're not required to have a printer more and more states are starting to offer that as well. So if your state uh, currently offers just the one-way ballot delivery, um, the next phase of accessibility is to eliminate the need for that printer and offer a true accessible um, access to both the ballot and electronically returning the ballot. And that's what's coming next. And we look forward to supporting that technology and those states and of course, ACB. Brian, best of luck to Democracy Live and thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Larry.